Hello, everyone, and welcome to ZFZ's podcast series on how to deal with an economic crisis for international businesses. We will be discussing different legal topics and insights relevant to businesses and hope to provide you with some novel perspectives and strategies to deal with the crisis. Stay tuned. Hello, and uh, thank you for joining us again uh, this evening. There's another topic that I would like to discuss in connection with tools which should be in the toolbox uh, as one enters into this ever more concerning uh, global economic environment where the risk of a counterparty default becomes higher and higher. I'm not trying to be alarmist, but I think we all know that that risk is out there. And so it's very important to start thinking now about how to improve your position, how to maximize your position in the event that you, your company, your business gets into a nasty fight with a counterparty that comes to lack good, strong credit worthiness. As, as most people know, numerous contracts, if not the norm in both maritime and the commodities trading sectors, uh, those contracts will more often than not call for resolution of disputes by arbitration. Oftentimes that, that arbitration may be in New York, it may be in London, it may be elsewhere around the world, but there's a constant, particularly in the maritime and the commodities trading sectors, there is a constant consideration which asks, does the other side in the arbitration have the cash and the willingness to pay up in the event that we prevail? In this type of environment today, where uncertainties are growing and growing, Concerns like that about counterparty risk, not just on the front end in performing the contract, but on the back end in performing an eventual award, become higher and higher. So how do you control for that? There are interim measures. Interim measures, also referred to as provisional relief, sometimes referred to as uh, interim relief. Different configurations of the same words there. One point that I want to clarify is uh, for this evening, what I am going to be talking about is interim relief provided by a court in aid of arbitration. Um, that is distinct from the concept, concept of interim relief or interim measures being awarded or ordered by a panel or by an emergency arbitrator pursuant to that arbitral forum's uh, body of rules or pursuant to an agreement by the parties that perhaps expressly provided for uh, interim relief to be awarded by an arbitrator. So for purposes of this presentation, I'm not going to get too much into uh, interim relief being awarded by arbitrators and instead want to focus on the court angle. And in particular, New York State has what I consider to be a very strong, very far-reaching uh, statutory provision regarding provisional relief in aid of arbitration. That provision is covered at uh, CPLR. CPLR, if you don't know, um, for those of you outside of New York, CPLR refers to uh, the civil practice law and rules, and um, it's the body of rules governing litigation in the New York State system. CPLR 7502C concerns provisional relief in aid of arbitration. And a couple of key points to note from that. 
uh, first and foremost, it applies, it can be applicable regardless of whether the underlying arbitration is pending in New York State or abroad, regardless of whether that underlying arbitration is governed by uh, the New York Convention or if it's a non-convention case. CPLR 7502C can apply. Number two, and most importantly, um, it sets the express grounds upon which a court can grant that relief. There's only one ground. That ground, that basis, has to be present. If it's not there, the court can't grant it. In fact, if it's not there, I think there's a good argument that the court does not even have um, um, power to entertain an application. But most definitely, if that single ground is not established, is not shown, the court cannot grant the application. At the same time, there is no need under the statute to show anything further, meaning that whereas other sections of the CPLR which deal with attachments in general and with preliminary injunctions in general set specific grounds, such as uh, the, the adverse party is secreting assets from the state, um, has hidden things, uh, is dishonest, engaging in fraud, etc. Those types of grounds are not required. They don't need to be shown. Only one ground. What is that ground? That in the absence of the provisional relief which has been requested, an award to which the applicant might ultimately become entitled might also be rendered ineffectual. So we're looking at a standard, a burden, which says that the applicant can become entitled to the relief sought if they can show that without it, an award that they might get, they might also not get it, but an award that they might get would be rendered ineffectual. That is extremely far-reaching. And it's extremely far-reaching to have that relief available in New York, where so many international participants um, in various markets will have assets. That's always been my experience. Um, yes, of course, sometimes you can't find assets in New York, but by and large, I find that people like to have people, entities, businesses around the globe do like to have some connection to New York, be it cash, be it subsidiaries and affiliates that they may own here, even if it's through a structure that you need to look around and, and find some information about. Um, real estate is one that many, many people around the globe like to park some cash in the New York City uh, real estate market. It's a good place to do it. Um, it generally grows. And so you can find assets in New York oftentimes, just like you can in some other major financial centers around the globe. But New York does have this extremely pro-creditor uh, provision on its books. And so it's an important one to keep in mind. Um, there's both an attachment component to it. One can go after an attachment to seize the relevant assets and hold them until an award is issued so that then they can be enforced against. And there's also a, a um, preliminary injunction component to it. Uh, instead of the, the attachment, one can pursue a preliminary injunction. If one is going after a preliminary injunction, I would note um, that while the statutory grounds which are required 
under other sections of the CPLR for pre preliminary injunctions do not apply, one still would need to show, the prevailing view, is that one still would need to show the three common factors um, that are required under the common law for uh, obtaining preliminary injunction, um, those being likelihood of success on the merits, uh, risk of irreparable harm in the absence of the relief, and, and then a balancing of the equities. But again, CPLR 7502C, obtaining provisional relief in aid of an arbitration, regardless of where that arbitration is pending, very, very powerful uh, statute. And I would encourage market participants um, who have concerns about counterparty risk to keep this in mind and consider it at the time of any arbitration's beginning, um, because security and the focus on security and the focus on counterparty risk should be ongoing and continuous. That's my view. I hope that you found this informative and uh, thank you for joining us.